Oh, hello. Meet Optima Health, your friend for Medicaid coverage. Like any true friend, we can help make life a little easier with discounts on healthy food and gift cards for pregnancy and child checkups. We include vision and medical help 24-7. See more benefits at OptimaMedicaid.com slash hello. It's time to say hello to Optima Health, a health plan you can count on. Welcome to Mother Up. I'm Gianna Demedio-Simon. And I'm Casey McDonald-Hosmer. And we are moms who absolutely love our new roles in life. But man, were we not prepared for some of the fine print in the job description. This motherhood thing is hard, especially balancing being a mom while still trying to be you. We find it crazy that after only a six-week consult with your doc, you're basically hung out to dry and have to figure out this tiny human and this new version of you practically alone. There are so many demands for taking care of a baby, but taking care of yourself is essential and sometimes falls by the wayside. We want a connection with our children and our partner that doesn't come at the cost of the relationships with our own selves. So you may be feeling down, but we're here to help you mother up because no one's tougher than a mother. We're using our firsthand experiences and our connections to experts across the country to bring you ways to feel confident, beautiful, and still vulnerable. And listen, we're new to the game, so we'll be learning right along with you. So pour that coffee. Or mimosa. We won't tell. It's time to to mother mother up. Today we're going to be talking about bouncing back from pregnancy. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. That that has to be a thing. And look, there are so many things in this society. You know how it's become like buzzworthy now to be like, can we normalize? Da, 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 da. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's just weird that that's even a thing. Like, normalize is an annoying word. Like, yes, do I want people to like lay off about the whole like bouncing back? Yes. But like, I just think it's even weird that that's a thing. Like, why aren't we just saying, okay, you're a mom and your body's going to be totally different. And like, congratulations, that's an amazing thing to have happen to you. And then like value those bodies. Okay. But if you do bounce back and you are slender or whatever, or maybe you're blessed with height and you're, you go back to, you know, being super skinny and tall, tall glass of water, then people come at you like, you're not going to be able to get pregnant again. Yeah. Good luck. Or she doesn't have her priority straight. Right. She probably starved that baby. I'm just like, come not on. a history buff, so I don't know the answer to this. If somebody else does, I would love to hear it. Email us. But like, when did this become a thing? Because I feel like even just body image as a whole, like you go to like the museums and stuff in, in Europe and like there aren't a bunch of stick figures. They're like no. very well-nourished <laughs> people that are being praised for their body and especially women and just, you know, how that and the whole thing of how it's shaped over time and just how it's all become different. But I'd have to imagine that this idea of bouncing back was not placed onto the women of the old times. Old times, I'm talking like centuries and centuries ago. I think also, though, that a huge part of that is that old times – Back in the day, women only had one role. Very true. So you weren't seeing them. Obviously, you didn't have social media. So it'd be like the town. Mm -hmm. So like you're going out to like promenade with your carriage and like you've got a big ass skirt. So no one really knows what's going on under there except for the mister. Let's bring back the hoop skirt. (laughs) 
let's, you know. <laughs> That's why I had one at my wedding. I was like, corset, yes. Hoop skirt, double yes. Yeah, I think we need to just do that. Should we check Amazon? Do they have any hoop skirts for sale? <laughs> I actually have like a short little tutu skirt that I put under, you know, like when you wear the little skater dresses that yeah. like can use a little oomph. Yeah. I, I do. I do incorporate that. So I wish I lived in those times. Not really. Cause like I'd have rotten teeth and like right. at almost 33, I'd be like elderly. But it goes back to that whole thing. I know that people want to argue about women who are, you know, we say we want equality. We want this. We want to have the opportunity to work and we want that. But then at the same time, we're saying, but don't judge me for yeah. my body and whatever. And I, I know that's an argument about like we want it both ways. But like, yeah, it's hard. We do. Yeah. 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 Especially if like, for example, you were a model before you got pregnant yeah. and you're still going back to modeling. And you know, it's like you were this image before and now it's different. So no, it's it's 100% right. It's a very gray area. But I don't know. It's exhausting. I'm exhausted thinking about it. I just, yeah. Because I have it in my head. Like, I want to be proud of my body. And I... But what is that? Like, what is that? You can't define it. Yeah. You will never define that. Yeah. You will get to that point. You probably look back at pictures of yourself from either pre-Sienna or pre-Asher. And you're like, oh, my Jesus. I was a fox. <laughs> and back then, like if you went back in time and talked to yes. that Gianna, she was probably like, I hate Oh this. my God. I, I am like grabbing your sides. Like, yeah, we talk about insane. that all the time. And it's so true. There was like some quote that's like, if only I knew then how good I looked. <laughs> You know, like I look all the time at pictures that I'm like, I remember when I took this and I was like, ew, no, I'm not posting this or ew, I'm not showing this as so-and-so. I hate this. And I look back at them now and I'm like, this is great. Oh, yeah. I I have like pictures in bathing suits that I'm like, oh my God, I I cannot post this. This is like people will vomit, projectile vomit when they see this. And I look back and I'm like, I looked healthy. I looked good. I was working out. I was also eating when I wanted to eat. I was enjoying an adult beverage. Like, do you know, like it was healthy. Yeah. And I think that that's like, like, who are you doing it for? Yeah. Like you're doing it for Instagram. Well, guess what? You think you look okay. So you're happy with how your body looks on Instagram. You're probably still face apping it. You're probably still putting a filter on it. Mm -hmm. You're probably standing a different way. I bet you took 46 pictures to look like that. So it's like, I think you just have to really get to a place. I think it comes down to self-love. You have to get to a place where you are happy with yourself and you are happy with all the things that you are doing for yourself. Yes. Period. And if you're surrounded by the right people, they're going to support you. What you just said, like if you're if you're putting it on to social and Instagram and whatever, and you're looking for the approval of others, like you're not living for yourself. That's what you're, you're looking for. You're the problem. For. Yeah. You are you. Hi, you're the problem. Yes. Um, but so are we. And I'm not saying like, I'm not standing here like in you my You as tower. an overarching yeah. like yes. women and us, and us included, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple articles that I want to bring up today that we're going to discuss. And one of them is from the BBC and it's, it's called Bounce Back Culture, Why New Moms Are Expected to Snap Back. It is fantastic. There are so many gems in this article. We're definitely going to put it in the note in the uh, show notes so that you can look at it. But based off of what you just said, Casey, here's this one quote that I love. It is a very strange part of our culture where we gauge a woman's postpartum period in terms of how they look rather than how they're feeling. And this woman said, I look fine, but I have these birth injuries that I'm still navigating every day. That is so true. Like, Really, we should be focusing on how does a person feel? How do you feel about yourself? I actually feel the best I have in years. Wow. I really Mentally do. Mentally or physically or both? Both. 
both. Why? Do you think it's because this is your second go around and you knew? We talk about this all the time, dude. Nobody tells you. No. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like you might just like have to stay in the hospital a few extra days yeah. and then you'll get flowers and then you can drink again. It's like, honey, you should probably not drink again. Like you've got a lot of things going on upstairs mm-hmm. that you got to work through. Mm-hmm. So the person that had that quote said that they they wanted to get back to it so quickly that they started running and she ended up damaging so much of like the pelvic floor issues that Whoa. she had and making it so much worse. So she's like, yeah, I may look great because I lost a ton of weight and got back to my pre-baby weight so quickly, but at the detriment of the rest of my health. And yeah. that's not good. Pelvic floor health and exercising is definitely something that gets thrown oh, by yeah. the wayside. You know, the whole whole pregnancy there. It's not really pushed though. I mean, it's it was like whispered a few times like, oh yeah, I'll do your Kegels. I'm like, yeah. okay, no one really knows what that is. Yeah. Like, am I peeing? Like, no one knows. Here's what's funny. My six-week appointment, my doctor said like, mm, yeah, pelvic floor isn't as strong as I want it to be, but like, we'll follow up on that and see how it okay, is. Okay. So here's something. So before, when I had Jack, or no, before I had Jack, I was going to do pelvic floor. We had to move. I'll get into that. But I was going to just start doing pelvic floor because I had heard from my doctor, like, it's good to start doing it. I couldn't get an appointment, yeah, Gianna, yeah, at yeah. any private practice, hospital, anywhere in between such for, need for four it. to six mm-hmm. months. Yep. And I'm like, at that point, like, I'm wearing a diaper. <laughs> Not really, yeah. but you know, it's like, if there was an intense need that I really needed this therapy, wasn't out there. Yep. Wasn't wasn't out there. Yep. That was the way. When I worked at the hospital in Philadelphia, that was the way it was too. I mean, that clinic was just packed and jammed and so many people trying to get help with it. But also, so like my doctor mentions that, but then like I haven't seen her since. Nobody's scheduled right. a follow-up to say like, hey, that's something we should check on or right. or or even here's what to look for. Like tell me if you're having any issues. I'm sure by now I would know. <laughs> if I was sitting here leaking from my vagina, then like probably I would be like, mm, need to call my doctor. There might be something wrong. Not only do they not schedule any more follow-ups, but they're like, so how are you going to not get pregnant? We'd really like you to uh-huh. wait a year and a half. I'm like, what? I know. <laughs> like sign something? Uh-huh. What the hell? I know. Oh. I always – I love those reels that say that. They're like, oh, six-week appointment. How they're like, you and are in danger. And mom's like disheveled and she yeah. was like, yes, She's like, you yes. are in danger. You cannot have sex. Oh. Do not do this. And the mom's looking around going, who are, who are you talking to? <laughs> so – I don't know. Okay. So yes, I'm feeling better than I have in years, but I also know that this, this postpartum time mentally 10 times easier than my first. Because you knew what what to expect because you knew like the series of games you were going to play with yourself. I also just think there's a lot of hormonal things. Maybe the hormones that came rushing in were different this time. Maybe half of them took a break. They went on vacation. They didn't come back for this time with my pregnancy. But my physical postpartum is a lot harder. Natural birth with both children, no epidural with my son because he came flying out fast and furious, which is a story I'll tell. But I'm just like not losing weight. And the crazy part is I didn't even gain anything with him. I was so much sicker the second time around. How much did you gain with Sienna? And what did you weigh when you got pregnant with Asher? Okay. I'm going to be vulnerable AF right now. (laughs) Yeah. I'll go next. And share my numbers. When I... Got pregnant with Sienna. I was probably right around 128, 130 given the day. And then I gained about 40 pounds. And a lot of that gain was like in the third trimester because, again, I was really sick in the beginning. I was like half the weight I should have been pretty much the entire pregnancy. But they were like, the baby's measuring fine. We're not worried about the right. baby. The baby's taking all the nutrients. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, that, that chick is they taking They give everything. you a slap on the butt. They're like, get back out yeah. there, champ. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then I gained it all like right at the end. I just see you like dragging your body out and you're like gray in the face. They're like, baby's great. You're like, that is literally what happened. It like, is. You want a lollipop? Uh-huh. No, every, every like, I, I just said that to somebody the other day. Every, every appointment was like, how are you doing? And I'm like, not well, bitch. And they're like, okay, well, baby's great. See you next week. And you're like, Oh you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. You're doing amazing, sweetie. You start punching the air uh-huh. as soon as you get in the car. Mark's like, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. It was not good. So I gained I gained 40 pounds. And then okay. what they say is very true. I don't don't say it. <laughs> okay. For me, it was very true. For me, it was true. The first 20 fell off. And the last 20 was really difficult. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something different. Okay, what did you think I was gonna say? Nine months on, nine months off. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. No. Miss me with that. No. Miss me with that. No, the first 20 definitely is. Yeah. yeah that's a thing. That was a thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. So then it took a little time. I remember she was born in November. So probably around May, I remember doing this like motherhood specific diet. It's called Nancy Anderson Fit. It really worked. Yeah, I remember it, there was no cheese. There was no cheese. It, that was I cheated. I was like, <laughs> "You're Italian. This, this bitch <laughs> needs some cheese." You would have to be hospitalized oh, on yeah. that diet. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no. So I tried the vegan cheese, and as soon as I saw that it like didn't actually melt, I was like, "What's the point yeah. of cheese if it doesn't get no. melty?" So that really helps for me. But I will say also, I'm so not a diet culture person. I just I'm not. I don't really know how to diet. I've always had a different relationship with food like in a, in a good and positive way. Yes, um, you have. But as a result, I will say you have always before children and now you've always had this like wonderful, healthy body, like aspirational body. Oh, well, thank you. A hundred percent. But I've always had this like horrible relationship with food. Mm. Like I am deadly, af- deathly afraid of carbs. Are you really? I'm getting better. Oh, yeah. I feel like you did keto and it worked. But you don't deprive yourself of something. You just torture yourself no. mentally about it. I'll binge eat too. Yeah. yeah. So I found the diet. I don't want to call it that meal plan. I found the meal yeah. plan very helpful because what I was finding was happening was that I wasn't eating because I'm a new mom and I'm dealing with everything and I'm trying to get the baby oh, schedule I always, I'll and find whatever. Time. I will find time. And then I don't eat until it's too late. And then I'm hacking on the nearest thing I can find, which is all the carbs and whatever. So it was not only the things that we're eating were not good, but also that my body was like storing fat because I was depriving it of anything that it was in like survival mode. Yeah, 100%. So the meal plan helped me in terms of like, it was one of those like five meals a day. It was a Nancy Anderson, like 30 day fit or something. She also, I just saw on Instagram, just had another baby. So like she's a mom. It's very like very geared towards that. It was like things that your body would need in a postpartum period, like as far as like the different vitamins and whatever that were in the foods. Um, mm-hmm. But it taught me like a schedule of eating, like three right. large meals, two snacks in between. So that was really good. And what components you need in those meals. Yeah. Yeah. So the second time around. Did you lose all of it? Did you get back to that 130? I did not. I got down to okay. like 135. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I look back now and like, damn, like you said, like I looked good. <laughs> I remember seeing you. I remember you came to our house in Coronado when I was pregnant with Sienna. You were not pregnant yet with Asher. And I was just like, I think I got pregnant like, like that week, actually, now that you say that. <laughs> yeah. You, you like got a whiff of me uh-huh. and you're like, and I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, no, but I remember like yelling at like a like verbally accosting you, and I was like, "You're so skinny," oh, no. and you're like, "No, I'm not." And I was like, "Okay, you literally have body dysmorphia, but that's fine." No, I mean, I remember going to St. Bart's and being in like a teeny tiny bikini and feeling super good and confident. And I'm just like so far from that this time. But yeah, with Asher, I started at 135. I only gained 29 pounds with him in my whole pregnancy, which is crazy because I was that sick. Were you bigger? I felt the same. Oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. (laughs) I remember, no, everything about me was smaller this time. My face including. Like I still had somewhat of a facial structure. And but you were like my legs not, were so much thinner this time. But you were unwell this pregnancy. I was very unwell. Yeah, I mean, I don't not, like. I, don't I would recommend <laughs> talk to you, and then like you would disappear for days, and you're like, I was just resting because yeah. I couldn't get up off the bed. Yeah. So I I only gained 29 pounds, which put me at 164, and then I am currently 154, and my son was a little over six pounds. So you're telling me <laughs> I mean in the last 5 months I've lost 4 pounds. I'm on the struggle bus, but you know It's it is just it's not it's just it's it's mind numbing. Yeah. But tell everyone who's listening because like maybe they're going through the same thing as you um uh, or that you same thing that you went through. Go through all of the different like eastern medicine things that you were doing. For, th- for like some relief. Like you were doing acupuncture. I mean, you were doing a lot of different stuff. Did I do acupuncture? I thought you did. I feel like I was texting you one day and you're like, going to get acupuncture. Did I make that up? I mean, it's highly possible and I just forgot about it because I tried uh, like anything. But then I also like was a little bit more hesitant this time around. I tried anything with Sienna's pregnancy. But with Asher's pregnancy, I was just so hesitant because I was like, nothing worked last time. It's probably not going to work this time. Um, I, I was, I would get IVs, but maybe that's what it was. You didn't do acupuncture? I don't think so. Uh, The, the IVs, there were some days where it was amazing and other days where it didn't touch it. And it was really really frustrating. Yeah. My sweet mother was like, protein, you need to eat more protein. You need to eat more protein. I'm like, I literally just vomited the the glass of water that I had. If you even say the word protein one more time, I'm going to vomit that. It, no. it was just hard. I mean, I was just really like managing on a day-to-day basis yes. for anybody. So my specific condition was hyperemesis gravidarum. For anybody that has it, I mean, feel free to message me. I'm happy to talk you through it. There's also a Facebook group that literally a random stranger on Instagram sent to me and helped me get into. And it really helped me. I mean, the really the only way that you can support yourself through this is mentally because physically it's just yeah. – it's it's just impossible. And it's really, really sad. I mean, I don't mean to make this a sob story because I got through it and I'm really happy. But for some of the women out there who either don't have the support of friends and family, don't have the ability to call out of work all the time, or, you know, they have two, three other kids running around and it's just impossible to take that time. Like I physically don't know how they did it because I was grateful to have the leniencies that I did. And it was still the most difficult time of my life. Well, what was that like? And I'm not trying to steer you whatsoever, but go into your relationship with Sienna during that time. I mean, how did that make you feel? Awful. Awful. And what would you say to someone who is going through that and who feels what you felt? So it was interesting. My very first time being pregnant with Sienna and having hyperemesis gravidarum made me feel like I was going to be a terrible parent because I couldn't get up. I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I had no energy. And you forget that this is not who you really are. And I told myself, how the 
hell am I supposed to parent a child if I can't even like get up right now? There's so much of it that you tell yourself that you're lazy. So that was the the issue with the second pregnancy then too. I mean, she became such a daddy's girl, favored yeah. him so much. I mean, there would be nights where she I would try to put her to bed and she would say, no, not you, daddy. Daddy puts me oh. to bed. And I worried about like losing that relationship with her. And to be honest, that's one of the key reasons. There, there are others, but a key reason why we're not having more kids because it's not fair to her and Asher and my husband to have to like pick up all the weight of right. parenting because I'm just incapacitated. I will tell and it's you. Not, it's not first trimester for you. It is oh, like entire, buckle up, buckle up. Yeah. 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 Like I remember once I got to like 30 weeks, I had a really bad spell of it and like called my best friend crying saying like, I cannot do this for 10 more weeks. Like I, I'm, I'm going to have to go into an insane asylum. I can't do this. Oh. And of course, you always look back on it and you're like, oh, why was I so hard on myself? But right. you know, it's in hindsight 2020. Always. So yeah, feeling much better because I'm not like drowning in that insanity anymore and I feel better, but I'm definitely mentally a little hard on myself for like, why is it my body where I want it to be? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate this correctly, but I think what I keep having in my mind is... I compare myself to other women to be like, well, they have kids and look how they look. People are going to yes. compare me to them. Yes. Or people are going to compare me to the way I looked before or da, 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 da. Like, but again, I don't know why I care because if it, the option was to have this body and my children or to have the most banging body in the world, like I would choose this all day, every day. Right. But right. we'll get there. And conversations like this certainly make it better and are helpful just to like – it's almost like to release that pressure off of yourself and to like yes. get it out there and say it. So, Do you think that your postpartum, going back to that, was easier – uh, easier, I use that loosely, because Mark knew what to expect? How much of it do you think is the partner? Because they can never truly understand. No. They can never truly hear the crap you're telling yourself uh, and believing. And the things you make up. So do you think it's easier the second go around? So I think it's a mix of nature versus nurture. I think the nurture part of it is we knew what to expect with the kid. He knew what to expect with me. My family knew what to expect with both of us. Uh, We were just in like a different position. I also had Sienna in the thick of COVID. So not having that certainly was a layer that made my postpartum period easier with Asher you know, you have to worry about your baby, but then you have to worry about them in a global pandemic and that anybody that mm-hmm. comes near them is going to kill them, basically. I mean, it was awful right. for all the moms right. that have gone through it. Like, I just, I, I, like, feel for us so much. But the nature part of it, like, I just think it, it affects everybody differently and it affects you differently every time. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be interested to hear from women who have had multiple pregnancies if their postpartum was the same every time. And I don't think that it is. I think that you just get different hormones sometimes and they're either wrecking havoc on you or they're working in your favor. And I think that this time they just happen to be working in my favor because right. I'm not perfect. I definitely still have some messed up stuff going on in my head, but it's not nearly what it was with Sienna. Right. And now a quick word about our sponsor. So I want to talk about therapy real quick. We both have experiences with it. For me, I would not be where I am today <laughs> had it not been for therapy. I think especially as a mom, having outside perspective is super 
super helpful. And we both, you and I both have transitioned to doing virtual therapy, especially because we're moving around so much. So it's like harder to be able to go into office and just nice to be able to do it wherever you're from. And I like it too, because I use it as my opportunity to go on a walk. I get Asher in the carrier or in the stroller and I just take him for a walk and I get my physical and mental exercise at the same time. So better help is so great with this because it really makes it easy for people to find somebody that is right for them. They have this questionnaire, really narrows it down like what kind of therapy that you're looking for. Something that I never really thought of too until I saw it on BetterHelp. But like, do you want somebody that's going to push your faith in your therapy? Do you want somebody who's going to give you homework at the end of therapy? You know, it's really tailored to like, how do you work best? And then that's when it sets you up with a therapist. They have chat sessions, phone sessions, video sessions. The scheduling is so easy to do, which of course is like the best part because as a mom, the schedules are all over the place. So if you have fluid, yeah, yeah, constantly changing. If you have something that just makes it easy to schedule, then you're going to stick with it. And it's really important to be able to do. All these therapists on Better Health are licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited experts. You know you're getting somebody that's really going to help, somebody that's going to be good. I actually am in the process of signing up right now because my therapist who I was doing telehealth with, she's in Massachusetts. She can't treat me anymore because I'm not in Massachusetts. And I've been with her for seven years. So that's a daunting task. And I tried to find somebody here in Chicago in person and it just, it wasn't right for me. It was really frustrating to me. So this is a better way. You have this company who's setting out to pair you up with someone that you're going to be compatible with, I think that's a lot better than doing it on your own. Totally makes a difference. So we know that it's helped us. We want it to help you. We're partnering with BetterHelp to give you 10% off your first month of therapy. So you can sign up at betterhelp.com slash mother up or use the code mother up and you're going to get the help that you need. It's going to be great. Casey's going to take us on this journey and let us know how it's been going for her too with the new therapist because I know that is scary, but it'll be great. So BetterHelp, 10% off for your first month. Sign up at betterhelp.com slash motherup or enter code motherup. How would you categorize your postpartum time? I mean, you're really, you're still in it with your first and, and you're only at this point. Right. Jack is 10 months old. We were – my postpartum was a ride. I, I truly do consider myself to be an extremely, extremely mentally strong person. You are. Like I am – if I put my mind to something, like I can I can compartmentalize like nobody's business. Yeah. If I need to. Like if I need to like go into warrior survivor and listen, I haven't been through anything that like people have been through far worse things than I've seen in my life. But if I need to like cut and run and like survive, I can do yeah. it. 100%. Like I have no doubt. Do you in think my that's to a to detriment that. to you though sometimes? Yes, because I I suppress feelings for sure. And you know, like you work through that the older you get and it and it it's something that I'm very proud of and I think that I'm very good at like um weeding things out and focusing on like what okay, let's let's pick out the top thing that we need to focus on and go down from there and prioritize from there. So I was in like super denial right away. I was like, "No, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I am totally fine. I'm probably just tired." Like it, it and it was a big transition for for my family. Um I'll go back to the beginning. So my husband was with, Eric was with the Padres and we were there for years. 
and you know they were our, our team was our best friends and we mm-hmm. were comfortable in Coronado and the community and it was that was home to me oh, I mean yeah. I absolutely loved it I you know when we would go back after spring training I would sit in the car and like sob as we pulled up the driveway because that was our happy place mm-hmm. we Eric and I loved it we really our relationship really went to the next level because we were there during COVID together um we were there you know right before we got engaged. I was planning my wedding from there. I was pregnant while we were there. So that was really like the heart and soul of our relationship. So many milestones in your life happened there and just so many good times. Yeah. Yeah. So out of like his baseball career, like he played in Kansas City. That's where we met. And then in San Diego, that is like, I loved Kansas City. I was only with him for like a, a little over a year while he was there. But San Diego, I felt like I was a part of the organization and I was, I was really a part of everything there. So we, I was 34 weeks pregnant, something like that. And he was traded. So he was traded beginning of August from San Diego to Boston. Now, so like bittersweet because obviously I loved San Diego, but I had worked in Boston for three years. I have so many friends in Boston. Mm -hmm. And your family's on the East Coast. It made you so much closer to them. Yeah. I'm such an East Coast girl. Um, Like I was like, oh my God. And the thing for me, everyone's like, oh my God, you have to find a new doctor, which yes, is daunting as hell. But I was like, I'm going to Boston. Like their hospitals are out of this yeah. world. Like I delivered at Brigham and Women's and I was like, I could go in there to any doctor and I would be confident. Yeah. You know, like that hospital like that's experience a happy accident was- for that to happen. Yeah. Yes. And people talk about it and I've heard so many people, they're like, oh, it's a factory. And I'm like, okay, but they're on it. But I'm like, all right, let's go. And um, we got there to this, you know, this new city for Eric. Um, you know, he's starting with a new team where I'm moving into a house. You know, they do this cross country move. I'm pregnant. I'm trying to find a new doctor. So I developed preeclampsia. I am sure, you know, I didn't really have high blood pressure the whole time. I'm sure that this all had something to do with it. Yeah. So I developed preeclampsia. I was still in touch with my doctor in California. Which, if you're unfamiliar with what it is, is incredibly dangerous. There was some stat that even just came out last week about how, like, it's killing, like, a incredibly high percentage of women that should ever be at the case at at this stage that we are in medicine. Right, 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 right. And I don't know, I don't know if people don't take it seriously enough. I don't, I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, they were very on top of it. Like, you know, my blood pressure rose and then they, you know, keep me in the office, check it again. And it wasn't anything crazy. Like it wasn't like it was off the charts, but it was enough for them to be like, okay, we're concerned. Let's just start this process, which I'm, I'm a fan of, like, I am of the belief. I don't, I don't want to go past full term. I don't. Yeah. Like the longer you're in there, I don't want things to go wrong. And and that's just my belief. Yeah. Um, my aunt had you, a stillborn I was say, you when I was younger. Personal experience with it. So that's where yes. that's coming from, which would make anybody think the way that you do. Yeah. Right. And we are like still rock to our core. Like that is, you know, my cousin and and you know, that's something that I always think of. And that's for me, not giving anybody advice. But when they were like, Okay, we're gonna induce you, let's start this process. And it was a Friday morning. Um, like I went in, they checked on Jack. He was fine, but they're like, okay, we're going to get you going. So they sent me over to the hospital. I had my first of four Cervidil. So this was like Friday at 1 PM. And I think you have to wait like six hours. They would just make you. And I think I actually had a half of a tablet if I'm remembering correctly. I did. And that, oh my God, like kicked me off a cliff. You, I couldn't believe how many you had to have because with me, it was like I had one and was just like, bam, you're in labor. (laughs) No, but once I like looked at the bottle of, uh, looked at the Pitocin going into my veins, I was like, let's go. (laughs) But I I had one of four Cervidil Friday, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday evening. So I probably got it like 
six o'clock Saturday evening. And, you know, like at that point, like Eric and I are back and forth to the hospital. Like maybe it's this time. Maybe it's this time. I remember the first time we went, I had this like cute little two piece sweatsuit on. And then the <laughs> second time, like I wore the same sweatsuit. Then like the next Saturday I wore like, I don't know, like a little yeah, like, like sundress. one of his and then, t-shirts and you're like, dude, by it. Saturday night, <laughs> by Saturday night, I, I had like a Red Sox oversized sweatshirt on and these like, like his mesh shorts. And my mom's like, you can't have a baby like that. <laughs> and I remember that, like that was the first time Eric ever like called her and he's like, she can wear whatever she wants. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, he wasn't rude about it at all. So we yeah. we go to the hospital, like get the Cervidil and I'm like, okay. He's like, all right, let's order food. Like, let's go back, go back, hang out. So we order food. My parents are at the house. I'm in the powder bath off the, there was like a little, we had like a little couch area in our kitchen and I'm in the powder room right around the corner. And I go to the bathroom and I stand up and it start and I my water breaks and I'm just standing in the bathroom like standing over the toilet like underwear down and I'm like mom <laughs> <laughs> and she comes running in like air comes running to the door but like wouldn't go in and I'm like what do I do and she's like it's okay like it's okay. Like your water broke. It's okay. And like <laughs> got me all situated. We get in the car, go to the hospital, check me in. People, I'm going to get so much hate for this, but the absolute worst part of my entire birth story. And I know, I don't know why, but I hate that like phrase. It's like when people say the word moist, I don't know. It's just like a thing that like irks me. She went there. So, she really did it. <laughs> um, so we get to the hospital, I get checked in. Worst part of giving birth was the IV in my forearm that I could feel the entire time and that I had to stare I at. remember you texting me on the way there and you were like, gee, I'm really scared. I'm like, Case, it's going to be totally great. You're going to do this. You're like, no, no, like I'm freaking out about the IV. And I'm like, are you kidding? And at this point, I've been having IVs every week, two times a week because I'm dying from my pregnancy. I still can't like look like when they have to give blood. Like I, I'll always text my family group chat. And I'm like, just in case anybody wants to know, like I did fine. And everyone's like, great job, Case. Because I'm like, I hate it. Just something about like something being in this like small, delicate vein that's running blood through your body I'm like what if she yeah, misses also, like you just don't care there's so much going on no I cared I know I cared. I know but I was like you're gonna be so strong you're gonna do great and then you're like but I'm worried about the IV and I'm like oh shoot my girl might be really beep yeah <laughs> like, I just I felt it the catheter was in and she goes oh we can redo it I'm like you're not redoing anything yeah. I'm like D leave it in there so then we got moved to we were in triage for a while. Then we got moved to a room. I was doing my walking, doing my breathing, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And, <laughs> you know, then finally, because I kept asking the nurse, I was like, tell me when I'm supposed to get the epidural. And she's like, I can't tell you that. And I'm like, no, you can because yeah. you do this every day. I'm like, babe, tell me. I'm mm -hmm. like, come closer. Like, tell me <laughs> the secrets. She's like, I can't tell you. I'm like, I won't tell. I'm not recording you. Look, I'm like, pat me down. There's nothing. Like, just tell me. And she's like, I don't know. I guess like when you literally have to stop talking, like, to like, oh my God, I'm contracting. And let me say this, contractions are bad, sure. But I remember I, was, I said to my mom, I was like, oh yeah, like I finally got the epidural at like four to five centimeters. I think I was like four. Yeah. And I was like, but they were really bad. And she's like, Case, they were what, a 10 on the scale? And I was like, yeah. She goes, you can't go up from there. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. They just would have kept going at that intensity for longer, whatever. But I'm closer together to where you have correct. no breath whatsoever, which is what I went through with that. <laughs> It was, yeah. So it got to the point where I was like, you know, and I think I could have gone a little bit further, but it was like 1030 at night, you know, like yeah. things were winding down. I feel like once you get to that like twilight midnight hour, it's like, okay, you're not going to get an anesthesiologist Did you, I want to pause real quick. Did you have any thoughts about the epidural going into it? Like, were you like, I want to wait as long as possible or I don't care or like, you're like, sign me the hell up. Let's do it. 
Okay, so the other, so the thing that I hate is the birth plan. Hate it. Um, I totally understand. Like, if you're gonna have a baby in a bathtub, like, you need a plan. But I wasn't gonna do that. I was like, okay, because I remember talking to my doctor in in California. I'm like, everyone's like, what's your birth plan? What's your? I'm like, I don't know what my birth plan is. I literally said this to her. I go, I don't know what my birth plan is. I just want to have the baby. Yeah. I want him to be safe, and I don't want a C-section, and I want an epidural. And she goes. Okay, that's but your that's birth a plan. birth plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a birth plan. So I was like, I was like, okay, then that's my birth plan. So that's my birth plan. So Eric finally was like, can you please just get the epidural? Because like when he was like saying that, I was like, okay, fine. So I get the epidural and I'm so scared. Like I was asking people for months. I was like, I'm so scared. Like I'm so scared. Like it's gonna hurt. Blah blah blah. And I remember, remember my cousin. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, do you remember my what cousin? My response was? <laughs> well, I was standing with my cousin Casey, my cousin Sarah, and Gianna, who was pregnant at my baby shower. And I remember you guys were like, oh, it's the worst pain. It's awful. But you got, you'll take it at that point. You'll take anything. I remember my cousin Casey goes, you'll take a chainsaw to your back at that point. I think time I to get said rid that. Of that pain. I thought Casey said I that. Think I don't I know. I said that. You guys were all just bugging me out and I had to remove myself from that situation because I was like, okay, I just need to like live in this la-la land of bliss and not knowing anything I and I'll just deal it, with it. I was not to scare you, but like, no, you will want it. Like you, when you're in that moment, you will not care how they have to get that in you. You will say literally gut me right now. I like, I'm here for it. I didn't feel a thing. Right. Not, dude, I did. I literally asked him. I was like, "Okay, are you gonna do it?" And he's like, "We're done. It's in." Yeah. Like I was like, I don't remember it. What at all? I remember it. No, happening. I didn't. I didn't feel a thing. Yeah. Not one yeah. thing. Yeah. And I was like, I was over, and I was hugging that pillow, and I was, mm, and Eric's hands were here, and I was like, "All right, let's do it. I'm ready." <laughs> he's like, uh, "Ma'am, I was done two minutes ago." <laughs> The nurse is like, all right, time to go to sleep now. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah, I'm saying so, it's like and the then, pain that you go through leading up to that point is like way overpowering compared to what the epidural pain is. Okay, and maybe this is like the magic potion that we release that makes you forget, but it isn't – I would imagine like back in the Civil War when they had to amputate your leg on the battlefield – I will probably, I know we crap on men all the time. That probably hurt a lot more mm -hmm. than contractions. Yeah, I'd say so. We'll give them that. I think we'll, so. We'll let the men have one. Contractions are very, very, it's, it's, you can't explain it. You like really can't explain I know. it. Because like if you had to describe it, like. I honestly, I need to stop you because I honestly could vomit thinking about it right now. I'm feeling. Uh, I'm like getting a little something in my throat, just like remembering how maybe bad I it don't was. remember. Just I will maybe tell you, I don't remember. So as you're telling your story, like my delivery with Sienna was almost exactly what yours was with Jack. Like I remember you texting me at that point, like once you got your epidural and saying, "Oh, I was you were getting ESPN updates. Yeah. Like you were getting play by play." Like Twitter, updates. I was yes. Yeah. yes. And I remember being like, "Okay, that's great." Like here's what's probably going to happen next. And I, I, st I like deleted it and I stopped myself from saying it because I was like, what if that isn't what happens for her? Like, I, oh, I don't, yeah, yeah. don't want to get her too excited or, or get her hopes up or whatever. Yeah. And then like, bam, next thing you know, that's exactly what happened. Like, oh, I forgot that I did get Pitocin as soon as I got to the labor and delivery room. Yeah. And then like two hours later, then I got the epidural. Um, but I slept great. I kept clicking my button. Um, they flipped me every hour. And then, so I went to sleep probably like midnight. So then at like 6.45, my nurse comes in, Jordan. She was so sweet. She's like, okay, like we're going to do a shift change, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, can you just check me? And I'm like, I know you guys don't like to. And she's like, yeah, sure. 
like, I don't have any like psychic powers. I don't know what's going on down there. I have no idea. So she's like, okay, like I'll call the doctor. And so my doctor comes in and she checks and Eric's, you know, still tiger stoozing on the the comfy cot next to me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh my God, like we're having a baby. Like his head's right there. We're having a baby. Dad, get up. And he's like, oh, and has like the blanket over his head. He's like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So like he puts on his shoes and like goes and like goes to the bathroom. And then the nurse comes in and the doctor and the nurse is like, all right, dad, grab a leg. And he's like, he did not want to be down there. I remember talking to Mark when you guys came to my house. Yeah. And he was like, it is the most beautiful thing <laughs> you will ever see. Please, please, yeah. please he's tell like, Eric. He's like, you got to tell Eric. Please, he's got to get in there. It's the most Just beautiful do this thing. one thing for me uh-huh. and tell Eric that he needs to watch. And I'm like, I don't want to watch. I don't want him watching. I don't want to watch you watch it. I don't want that. I want you here all up in my face watching me. Me, that's it. I don't want you to see anything. I just, I want it. Girls don't poop either. Like I don't, I am, I live and die by that. Like that is, I think there's like some curtain things. However, he said it was like, he's like, it was unbelievable. Like it was like, he had no choice. He had no choice. The nurse was like, grab, like there was a shift change. You know, they were like, all right, the baby's coming. Like I would sneeze and he would have fallen on the floor. So we have this joke that, um, of course, football was on. It was Sunday morning. So he's like, oh, my boy, right before Tom Brady. (laughs) Tom Brady was like playing Sunday night football, but he like loves watching football. So he's like, he came right right out before kickoff. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's your boy, but he's never playing football. But um, we have this joke that I'm a really good pusher. Like I'm always like, I don't know if anybody told you, but I'm a really good pusher. (laughs) So I'm I'm ready to go. Like the doctor's like, all right, we're going to push. And I went, and I was like, can I breathe now? And she's like, yes, you can breathe. Like, just like push. Like, I don't know. It's like, you're being weird. So then I was like laughing hysterically, like, which is like, people are probably like turning me off right now. No. I was laughing hysterically while I was pushing because I thought it was so funny that I was like, and then like, I couldn't breathe. And then, I, But whatever. And she's like, you need to take this seriously. And I was like, I am like, I'm literally she said that to down. You? Yes. And, but she was actually great. She was wonderful. And so then she got out the vacuum because his heart rate started to go up a little bit. So she got out the vacuum and like she had to pull him a little bit. And then like he kind of Eric was like, whoa, he kind of like came like flopping out. Like Eric literally to this day is like, why is there no mechanism that somebody has created to go underneath a woman? Because like, what is that? Oh. Four feet? Three? It's three and a half feet, That's right? That's a very like how many, good point. If you Google, I, I have not been able to find like true, true stats, but I did find something where it was like a UK study and I, I need to find it. I'll find it and we'll link it. That like an alarming, I don't, don't quote me on this. I need to go find the article, but like 50% or something like a large amount of huge percentage of babies Get dropped. Fall. Oh my God. They're slippery. There's yeah. gloves. It's high intensity. That's so I mean, interesting. I've never thought about that until this very moment. And you are so Sometimes, right. I mean, they have like the garbage can, but shouldn't there be like a mesh screen right. or so, like some kind I'm of I'm sure like, there's something that it like gets in the way of like doctors being able to like do what they need to do. But like, you're so right. There should be something to like catch them. Or even if it's like halfway down in the gar, I don't know what it is. Eric but, like, should have something- brought his, his mitt. Ugh, dude, literally like I- – I can't. I can't even think about it. His he's mitt, like, yeah, the doctor's glove. got good hands. Yeah, your mitt. You're like from the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your mitt, young you whippersnapper. His mitt to the <laughs> game. His mitt. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so afterwards, the doctor said to me, she said, oh, I wouldn't have used that vacuum had I known what a good pusher you were. And she said it dead serious. And I was like, thank you so much. Thank you. So now like my whole family is just like, you're such a good pusher. This is a really good pusher. I'm like, yeah, I'm a really good pusher. So I think I think I pushed, I think it was like 24 minutes. Like I think literally I started at 7 a.m. and he was born at 724. Yeah. 
But postpartum was a lot. My Sienna story was similar in that. So that's what I was going to say to you. I'm like, great, you got the epidural. You're going to get some sleep. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to be fully dilated and you're going to have that baby because that's exactly what happened to me. Same. These firstborns, man, yeah. they just really, they know how to do oh, it. Oh, and I didn't like break a sweat. Like I, I, I pushed with her for like an hour and a half, but it was like the most gentle, beautiful pushing. And then she just came out and I like was just like, oh, my little baby angel. Hello. But um, with Asher, I had been having contractions for like the week before. I was three centimeters dilated. I went to the doctor that day. It was two days before my due date. They did the membrane sweep, which I did my research on. I was a proponent of having it, like, let's go, whatever. And that, I think, is what really kicked it into gear. Does it hurt? No, it's uncomfortable, but it didn't hurt. There, of course, I researched the hell out of it. I'm like, what am I going to feel? Blah, blah, blah. And I have one with Sienna too. I didn't remember it being anything. I think it's another thing where it's like sometimes it, it hurts a lot. Sometimes it doesn't. There are some women. That's why I did not want the balloon when I was getting Oh, I had that. The that Cervidil, was, I hated that. I was like, yeah. no balloon. Um, So they did the sweep. That was at like noon. At six o'clock, I like went and picked up takeout. Like it was just living <laughs> a normal day. And by like 7.30, my contractions started again. I'm like, they're a little stronger now than they have been. And we called the doula and said, you know, do we think this is is anything? Like, what should I look for? Ed called my mom and said, just have your stuff by the door just in case. I think these contractions are a little different. Within like a half hour, they went from being eight minutes apart to five minutes apart. By the time my mom got to my house, which was like another 15 minutes after that, they were one minute apart. So I went, I've now learned it's called like a precipitous labor that I went from eight minutes to five minutes to one minute within an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, we are in a place where we're living in Marco Island, Florida at the time. We live 40 minutes away from the hospital. So I, I made a reel on this on my um, Instagram page. So go look at it because I did like the whole like timeline. My mom took a picture of me leaving the house because she was like, oh, this is the last time I'm going to see you pregnant. Yeah. The timestamp on that photo was 9.32. Asher was on my chest at 10.14, and it was an at like 40-minute ride to the hospital. So so you were at the hospital for like three minutes. Two. So what – okay, talk to me from like – did Mark like – was this like a like a tuck and roll? Like the car was still moving and you just like rolled Basically. out like while he – Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had like things packed. We threw things like it just in the bag or whatever and then got into the car. And that's when I remember like I stood at the kitchen island, had a contraction, and before I could even get out the garage door and get into the car, which was right at the other end of the kitchen, I had another contraction. Like that's how quickly they were coming. I got – And was Mark like – urgency or was Mark like dilly dally? No, no, no. Mark was urgency, but Mark, Mark played it very cool. Mark is the, the steady hand of the relationship. I am the, the off the handle Italian that would have not been this way had the roles been reversed, but he was very steady, very good. The only reason this child was not born in the car is because it was 930 at night and there were no cars on the oh, road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was, yeah, during the day. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we would have just had to stop and just call an ambulance and just have them deliver. Case, I want to tell you about this new app that I found that I'm obsessed with. It's called Johanna. It was created by a mom of four that is now doing this concierge service, so to speak, for really anybody, but the marketing is for moms, and I totally bought into it. <laughs> I have used it for so many things. The marketing was so smart because the way that it got me was like, are you 
too focused on your phone? Are you trying to do too much? Do you want to spend more time with your kids? Yes, all of those things are true. This app allows me to basically give a task to these specialists that go out and get it done. Okay, let me give you an example. The most annoying thing. It's the nicest thing, but it's so annoying. Ordering flowers for someone and sending them. Yes, 100%. But I am a control freak and I'm like, okay, like no carnations, no baby's breath, no pompous grass. That's just me. But that's what I want. So you can tell them that and they will get it done. Yes. There's a whole note section. You can put in what you want. You can tell them your budget. You can tell them the time it needs to be done by. And the thing is like, so what you're talking about right there, like it's not just like, okay, 1-800 flowers. I'm ordering them, blah, blah, blah. Like that's time for you to look through. Okay. What does the bouquet look like? And the other thing is I like to do things at night. Jack's asleep. That's when I'm so productive and you can't call at night. Yeah. So yeah, I found like even if I was physically present with my kids, I wasn't really present because I was on my phone trying to tick Mm -hmm. so many things off of my to-do list where now I'm just putting it into the app. The specialists are going in. They're asking any questions that they need from me to get it done and it's done. I'm pulling up my app because I want to see like what else I've used it for. It's been a million things. Oh my God. Graduation season. I had them order so many graduation gifts for me. Other things too, like I want to be able to donate clothes or donate electronics or things that I'm finding in my house. And I don't want to be able to have to look up where to go. Like they just can send it to me. Here's all the places nearby. They've found recipes and meal planning has been super, super helpful. They can order groceries for the house. You can shop local for custom birthday cakes. You can research the local organizations that you want to volunteer as a family, find a groomer for a new pet. I mean, literally the list goes on and on. I've used it for so many things, especially with us moving to a new house in Florida, not really knowing the area. I had them look up a bunch of kids activities in the area. So it's really just the best. This could also be super great for vacations. You're already planning travel and accommodations and figuring everything out. It's like, let them book your you know, taxis, your Ubers, let them plan things and find out if you're going to a new place, what they offer. Casey, I'll do you one better. They can plan all the travel. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, give them the information. Your card is linked to the account. They can book your flight. They can book your hotel. They can actually do everything. There's a whole travel section, events. They can plan parties. I mean, I, I could get this ad could be a million minutes long because I can tell you everything, but I absolutely love it. It is so helpful. They are offering this service for $129 right now. $129. I mean, you can't get that anywhere else. And it's unlimited. So for the amount of times and amount of tasks that you could put in, $129 a month is a freaking steal, let me tell you. So I'm putting the link to this in the show notes. I really think that you should check it out. It's it's super helpful, again, as a mom or just anybody, if you're trying to get some more time back to yourself. I found it's really made me a better mother. It's made me a better wife. It's made me a better person to just focus on the things that I really want to and get the nitty-gritty stuff. I can hand it off and know that it's being taken care of. So again, Johanna app, it's amazing. Go to the link in our show notes and click on it and get started today for $129 a month. So I am screaming my head off. It is unlike any other pain I've ever experienced. I, you know, at the time I'm like, why is this so hard? But now I realize because it was like, he was like literally right there banging down the doors of my uterus trying to get out. Yeah. And 
I, like I was at the point where I probably should have had the epidural like, you know, way before. Right. And I got to a point where I crawled into the back seat, was on <gasps> my hands and knees screaming. I think I had the window open at one point because I'm sweating. I ripped my shirt off. I'm on with the doula on speakerphone who I also credit for the baby not being had in the car because she was having me focus on breathing and not focusing on like, cause I, I wanted to push at this point. Right. So she had me focus on breathing. We get there. This part was like straight out of a movie. Like Mark pulls up. The tires like screech. He's running into the emergency room. And he gets met with a security guard who has no sense of urgency whatsoever. That's like, sir. Well, he's the overnight security guard that's like, yep. yeah, seen this, calm down, seen sir. this a million times. You think yeah. your wife's having a baby? Sure, sure. And he was like, you need to go park your car, get the wheelchair, get your wife in. We'll need to get your your ID and your insurance before we go in. And he's like, I don't think you understand, Jim. Like, this is happening now. So he goes and gets a wheelchair, puts me in. I'm, again, screaming my head off in the middle oh of the God. lobby. Thankfully, the nurses hear this, come running out to get me, tell Jim to go screw himself, basically, and wheel me right into a triage room of the emergency room never even made it up to a labor floor and mark is there saying like you need to get her an epidural right now she's in a lot of pain we need to do something and they said we're not going to have time for an epidural that's still going to take like a half hour and i'm like you then you need to give me something because i i, I physically can't do this Whoa. anymore they throw me onto a bed i think they threw like a, a gown over my head throw me onto the bed and whatever like rip your clothes off yeah whatever position i landed in i was like i need to push right now and they were like hold on let's check your service uh, cervix and then same thing with you they were like we're having this baby we need a doctor You're, yeah and mark's like thank you uh-huh. yeah he thank definitely you. went out to jim was like in your face bro and then <laughs> poor jim he's like somebody's grandfather like just doing part time to like oh yeah uh, totally totally get his steps in oh. yeah so he the the doctor comes in i pushed once and my water broke and Asher's head came out and then i pushed twice and my whole baby was out and he was on my chest was it the most excruciating pain pushing with no epidural no it was the most feeling of relief I could have ever experienced. So him actually exiting did was not like excruciating. No, don't even remember Whoa. it. Don't even remember it. And I remember them saying this whole like ring of fire that they talk about is like not necessarily the case. It's the contractions that are worse than the baby. What's the ring of fire? Some people say that the the feeling of the baby's head passing through. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would imagine. No, Hello. it was it was like popping a balloon was how I felt. It was like <laughs> the biggest sense of relief having him out. But then it was just a totally different experience from Sienna, obviously, like I said, if she was like so peaceful and calm and this one, I was like, <gasps> like what just happened? Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. So then obviously you were like, okay, everything's fine. They moved you upstairs. And then were you able to sleep that night? Oh, so I was like, oh, this is great. I didn't have an epidural. I can actually get up and walk around. I'm probably going to feel so much better. And then unfortunately I went through a really horrible hemorrhaging experience. So no, I did not sleep because I was like, and I know, again, there are women that have had it way worse. I have a a very close friend of mine who had a really incredibly traumatic experience with hemorrhaging after birth and needed transfusions and everything. Okay. So what, take me through the timeline. So he was born. Then when did the hemorrhaging start? Probably like an hour, an hour and a half after. I had that. And what does that I had feel that like? hour of bliss where we like called everybody, shocked the yeah. hell out of everyone that we knew that were like, what? 
Like, didn't yeah. you? Like, what do you, my mom thought we had a fake baby. She was like, how could this? Like, she thought I was calling to say, like, okay, we made it to the hospital. We're waiting to get into a room. And then all of a sudden I panned the phone over to this baby. And she's like, whose baby is that? And then, well, you know, when they push on your stomach to get, like, everything yes. out, it there was just, like, clots among clots among clots among clots coming out and they had me like Whoa. stand up to get into a wheelchair to go upstairs to the labor and it just was like it just all my organs like came pulling like falling out basically um what yeah it was not it was not cute and then they just couldn't stop it and they kept giving me like your organs no i mean that's what it looked like because these clots okay. were so big i'm like well, <laughs> i actually literally i not to cut you off but i had i passed a clot i want to say maybe like three or four days after jack was born i was home Oh, my husband could not get out of that hospital fast enough. He's like, you good? You good? Let's go. <laughs> He's like, I'm not sleeping on that I another know. night. I was like, okay. I passed a clot, like no joke, like the size of my hand. And I remember I like walked out. My sister and my mom were there and I was like, Eric's going to be a widower. Oh my God. Jack's going to grow up without a mother. Like I didn't know. My mom's like, Jesus Christ, Casey. <laughs> She's like, push it down the door. She's like, you're fine. <laughs> I like full body was like, this is the end. <laughs> like, I thought I was going. Like, I thought that was it. Oh my. For, I'm like, for, for context, like, Casey literally is one of the most level headed people. So, for her to say that is so funny. Like, that's how thick the, those hormones also, are. Also, like, the audience I chose for that. <laughs> My mom labored with me. My mom was 98 pounds when she got pregnant with me. Not like because she like didn't eat. She would eat like a, like a man. Imagine Belle like barely even looking up from her phone being like, Ugh, Casey. Like, no, she was dramatic. concerned. Isabel. No, because Isabel like knows less about like oh, that's having a baby that's than me. True. So she's like, is sister going to be okay? She's like, can I get custody? I'm like, no, you can't. Win. No. Like I almost killed my mother. Like I was nine and a half pounds. My mom gained like 70 pounds with me or something. She labored for two days, emergency C-section, transfusions. Like she like they were like, yeah, it doesn't look good. Yeah. So so for me to present her with that issue, she was like, miss me with that. Yeah. Like, go wash your hands. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, goodbye. But for me, it was one of those things where like it was actually probably much harder for Mark than it was for me because I was like so out of it. I I'm I mean, I was very scared at one point, but for him, he's just literally sitting there holding our newborn, watching oh. my like monitor go crazy. Yes. I have like um, they can't stop me from bleeding. I'm I went like completely white and passed out at one point. Like, and he's like, w -w 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 you know, what do I do? Like, we need to, you know, get people in here. But it ended up being all fine. Obviously, thankful to the the staff yes. at the NCH Hospital in Naples, Florida, and everything was good. Um, I want to hear your postpartum, and I. I I have a funny thing to to say about yours where you were like mine yeah because you you texted me I think at like three weeks postpartum okay and said okay I think I'm finally out of the baby blues <laughs> you're probably like for sure for I sure I looked at Mark and I was like oh this bitch don't know what's coming she thinks she's done bless her heart <laughs> I, but I think that goes back to like me thinking you were really hard I'm invincible. On you were, I yeah. can get through this. Yep. Like we're good. Yep. Like we need, okay. And I'm very, I don't like, my therapist used to say that. She's like, you don't miss a beat. Like, or you don't give yourself a beat. She's like, something traumatic will happen to you. And you're like, okay, how do we fix this? Yeah. How do we move on? What do I need to do? You're good. You're good. I'm good. Okay. What's like, I'm like, yeah. let's move on. Yeah. Like, let's get past this. Let's, you know, change of scenery. Let's not stay stuck in the mud. So that's just like where I, that's my defense mechanism. 
But I will say, I just want to go quickly back to Mark and Eric. And, you know, some people may may see this in their husbands. Eric is a very alpha, macho, not very forthcoming with his emotions. I am. He's not. And that's, you know, it, it can be typical, like, male, female. Yeah. I never saw that side of him. Not at our wedding. Like, he, like, at our wedding, he was so emotional. Like, at when we got engaged, like, you know, I've seen, like, I've chipped layers yes, away. Yes, But from the minute we got in the car after my water broke, like, to now, like I have, there is this cavern of like emotion, this person and emotion and feeling and like, it's, you see that. a different side of them. I and like, I, I feel that when you're like, I saw Mark's face and that's when I, when I was having the contractions, I saw his face because like, he was like, I can't see you in pain. Like yeah. I, I cannot yeah. see you in pain. He's like, I can't deal with this. Yeah. Oh, Mark so. was like, not yelling, but very stern with the nurse <laughs> of like, I only, I don't care how many years of experience you have. I only have one wife. Like we need to make this okay. <laughs> She's like, yes, sir. Everything's fine. <laughs> She's like, uh, we need security uh-huh. to the uh, labor and delivery floor. Uh, yeah, and a horse trank right now. <laughs> it's like darted in the neck. He's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like. <laughs> And he's also so tall, so that would be that's so actually, funny. That's actually the reason why we're not having any more kids, because NCH put out a uh, restraining oh order God. against Mark after that. <laughs> You're like, okay, fine. I'm not delivering anymore. Um, my postpartum. So I, yes, I was like very much in my head of um, like afterwards, this whole sits bath, I didn't like that. Yeah. I never tried it because it just like creeped me out. So I would just like go in the shower as opposed to the sits bath. I was like... There has to be a better way to do this. Like, why is I'm like, this, this seems like dirty water. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. So I just, I, whatever, I improvise. But I would tell myself things like, oh my God, like you're having like these spa days upstairs. Like you should be downstairs with your baby mm-hmm. or you're making Eric take the, and let's be honest, like they're potatoes at that point. Like during the day, <laughs> like they are sleeping all day. Like yeah. Jack was a potato. Yep. And like, I was like, Eric has the baby too much. Or like, you're not doing the laundry. Like I could not sit down. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's very dramatic, but like, I would have to like pretzel my legs and like gently lower myself down and like sit on pillows. Like I was, I think until like three weeks was when I could finally like sit down without wincing. Yeah. By the end of the day, I couldn't walk right because I was also walking way more than I should. I mean, my doula had to tell me multiple times, you need to lay the hell down. Like get Yeah, my mom would yell at me, but I felt bad because I'm like, my mom's doing my wash. My mom's doing the dishes. My mom's cooking dinner. Like That's what they're there for. Like I it, know, but not everyone has I that. Know. And I guess like that's where I was like, okay, like I need to be doing more. Like I need to be the woman of the house. Like I need to be like doing this, that, and the other thing. And then navigating. But did your mom say that? Did your mom say to you, you should be the woman of the house? No. No. She was there. She was she, like, why do you think she was down. there? Yeah. Yeah. She was like, sit but down. But it's like that no, internal no. voice that we say to ourselves. The back and forth was like constant, like so constant. Like I'm not doing enough. And at first – it was hard for me to like bond with Jack. And I think it was because, and I, this, this sounds like such a like first world problem. This sounds like, oh, like that's what you're going to complain about. I never got to nest. Like we were in a yes. rental in Coronado. Like I didn't have a nursery there. Like I was just going to like figure it out. In once we got to Boston, like we quickly, like my dad like painted the nursery and like I quick ordered a dresser from Cherish and like ordered a um a crib. Like I didn't get to like acquire things for the nursery and like when we got a gift, like put it on the shelf yeah. or like 
sit in the rocking chair and like rub my belly and like imagine what it was going to be like in a few weeks. Like I didn't have that. I just had like and gifts I in boxes. felt and still feel so awful for you with that because that was one of my favorite parts. And it's like, yes. yeah, may, people may think of it as a first world problem. And I totally agree. And I understand. But like also like yes. when you grow up kind of like envisioning that moment and to yeah. miss that opportunity – is emotionally upsetting, but also logistically yeah. it's hard. You're sitting here yeah. trying to understand this baby and get used to what this what this is and then get used to this room and how is it supposed to be set up and da da right. da da Like right. it was just like a logistical challenge as well. Right. And we we actually bought a house in Boston because we thought, you know, Eric had three years left on his deal. So I, in my mind, I was just like, we are staying here. We're not moving. I'm not moving again. Like, dude, I just got like, I saw red and I was pregnant. I was just like, I'm just doing this. So I think everyone was just like, whoa, okay. Because I don't get like that. And I was just like, we need to buy a house. Like, I just need some stability. So he's like, okay, like, uh, whatever you need. So we quick through the nursery together. And I think I was like, still moving into a house when we were getting furniture and getting deliveries. And, you know, like people were visiting. And, you know, it's, there's so many moving parts parts. And then it's like, oh, wait, I just had a baby. And I like to not know your doctors and to like not have the plan. Like, I, I think I was in shock I think so. for a little bit after the yeah. birth. And I was just trying to go through the motions. And I was like, but I'm not feeling anything. Like, I'm not like, you would text I'm not me grounded and say like, I just, I don't know. It feels really difficult and blah, blah, blah. And I, and it, you know, always from an outsider's perspective, I'd be like, uh, can we take a minute to just roll call yeah. everything that you yeah. and Eric and your family has been through in the last few weeks? Like, yeah. of course you don't feel settled. Of course you don't feel good, but there's just that like unspoken, immediate pressure on ourselves of, I have to know what I'm doing. I have to feel good. I have to feel like I have it handled because you are a completely capable woman and you do have everything else in your life handled. And this is just not one of them. And not for nothing, not even having the baby thrown into the mix, it would be hard to feel settled anyway after the quick turnaround. And he was two weeks early too. So, you know, that was something else of like, oh, he's coming now. Oh my God. Because remember I was supposed to go to Boston that week. Yes. I was I was in Boston. Uh, yes. Mark had business up there, and I was like, "Oh, perfect! I'll go up." And I kept like and swerving you. I'm Casey, like, I can't. Yeah, I'll no. Help, I'll help Casey, um, like set up the nursery or whatever. Yeah. And then that day, you were like, I, "I don't know. It's just like really hectic right now. I think that I might be, um, I might even be delivering Being early." Yeah. yeah. And then that day, yeah. you were like, "Heading to the hospital." <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. It was. It was that weekend. You're right. But it's like. That was something that was like really hard for me. And like even now, so like even now I'm we're starting to be like, okay, like we're gonna start trying again. And I don't know, like my maternity stuff is in a box in the house in Florida yeah. and I couldn't tell you where it is. Yeah. Like I don't know where my zero to three month baby stuff is. Like it's just hard being between so many places. Yeah. So for us and listen. There are military families out there. There are people that have to travel for work. There are people whose husbands or wives or partners live in other states. Like there are Definitely, there people go through way heavier stuff than I'm talking about. But at the root of it, it's difficult just not having that like settled mm-hmm. rock foundation. This is our home yep. and this is where we are like 365 days a year. Yeah. Or at least have a plan of like, because I know you guys, you know, split time between New Jersey and Florida. So it's like, you know, like on this day, I will be here. Yeah. And my underwear are in the drawer. Yeah. it's. I think it certainly gets to a point where you have to – it's a conscious decision to make with mm-hmm. yourself to say, am I going to let this overtake my mental yes. state right now? And right. there's a lot of work that goes into that. And I, you know, I don't know that like had I not had the support or the therapy or things that I 
have had, or quite frankly, have gone through the other things in my life that I wouldn't be able to say like, this isn't something to get that upset about or, you know, whatever. But it's, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. Yeah. And it doesn't derail like my whole day, but it's like a little something that I'm like, and you know what? Like once the nursery was done, I it was like a warm feeling. And it, yeah. I'm not saying like I'm not connected with my son, but like at first I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. like I have a child here. Like I don't – there's something about – like I remember I literally posted my maternity shoot and then the next day like I, I posted my maternity shoot. I was like I get to meet my baby in like a month or whatever or two weeks or whatever it was. And then I was like, yeah. and, oh, wait, he's here. And like, Jack stuck his arm out and was like, hi, mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'm ready. Like you guys dated for long enough. Like it's time. I'm ready to come. Yeah. Yeah. I, it Listen, everyone's is different. Everyone's is different. And I also think that if you, I've always said this, if you were to line up, my view right now is a bridge. And I say, if you were to line up a hundred women across this whole bridge, every single one of them would have different stories. There's 100%. always something there. And, and to me, when I was pregnant, I, you would read all the stories. I wanted to hear every story because I wanted to know what I could possibly encounter, how other women handled it, what I should be aware of or questions that they asked that would be good to know or whatever. So I hope that this episode is helpful for other women to to hear. But you had a doula. You have to be your own advocate. You can't go in there and listen, like you don't need to be like the squeakiest wheel and go in there and like degrade people and belittle people and be like, do you know what I need? Like, you don't need to go in there and do that. But I think that you definitely can be pushy. Yeah. You can say like, this You're is what I want. Advocate for anything in, in, in life and health. Yeah. Not just pregnancy and, and motherhood, but, but totally. Yes. Yeah. I really loved the, the root of the, of the doula that helped me immensely for, for multiple things. But for me, it was like, we were in a different city at the time. We didn't really know the, some of the practices or the doctors. I just wanted that extra little support. And it was really right. helpful for me. Like I said, specifically to have it for on the way to the hospital and to help. Oh my talk God. Me can you, can that. you imagine? Yeah. It's almost, I mean, he uh, would have been born in the car. Yeah. Do you guys still have that car? We do. And you didn't have to get it detailed. I know. I heard that's apparently a, a huge cost. <laughs> <laughs> that's a biohazard after that when they have to clean that up. But I think you mentioned it in the first episode that like we as mothers are already in this amazing community. And like, once mm-hmm. you've been through it, you know how, how it can be and you want to help anybody else. So like any mother 100%. on the street can come up to me and I'd be like, absolutely. You'd be like, let me give you my number. Here's my house. We ride come at over midnight. for coffee. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely a secret society. And it's like everyone, and this is like funny, but like everyone wants to tell you their advice. Like everyone wants to give you, cause like everyone thinks that they do things the right way. And I don't mean that as a knock, but like, but there's, you know, everyone has like their thing. And I think it's so great to like almost do information meetings with as many moms as you can ask so many questions. I like the voice notes so much and I like to save them, but, um, even like Gianna started a document on her phone. It's what it's called like the mother Bible or something. Oh yeah. And I remember you sent it to me. So start, Start something in your notes where you like categorize everything and put those like stay ahead of it. And like, because I even remember I'm in a mom group chat and somebody was saying something about sleep training and I wasn't there yet. So I really didn't pay attention. But then I was like, oh, shoot, let me go right. back. Yeah, that's smart. And review that because ask for help. I think it's like there's no such thing as a stupid question and you're only hurting yourself by not asking for help. No matter what it is. Like somebody asked me today, did you size up on diapers? Like Jack's been in size six and seven diapers for like three months. Like, yes. Yeah, you're yes, actually having King. campers make a new special size for Jack. I think I have to. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get him like good nights at this point yeah. or like whatever those are that like grownups wear. There's always somebody to help. Always ask for help. Do not go through this alone because you should not have to and you don't have to. Absolutely. 
And on that note, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Mother Up. We have new episodes every Monday. In the meantime, follow us on social by searching at Mother Up Pod. Got a topic you want us to cover? A story you want us to share? Give us a shout on our website, www.motheruppod.com. Production support for today's episode provided by Katie Anderson, also a mom of HomeAway Studios. I'm Gianna Demedio simon And I'm Casey McDonald-Hosmer. Have a great week. And remember, whenever you're feeling down, Mother Up. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.